This is the Negotiate X Podcast, show number 45, Part A. You're listening to Negotiate X Radio, helping you elevate your influence through purposeful negotiations. If you're here looking to learn about how to become a better negotiator in both business and life, then you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the others who have benefited from NegotiateX.com, your home for negotiations training and consulting online. Hello and welcome to the Negotiate X podcast. I am your co-host and co-founder, Nolan Martin. And with me bright and early today is Aram Denisian. So that if you see a very happy face on the video on YouTube, it is because I've got Aram up here at 630 to talk to our wonderful guest who's actually in Australia today. So Aram, bright and early, how are you doing today, sir? Yeah, you're not referring to me as bright and early. I think you're referring <laughs> to the day as bright and early. I don't know how you <laughs> talked into this. Other than, other than this is our first global guest and what an honor to have Julia Ewart uh, with us. Julia is known as the negotiator by by many in in her circles and beyond. So uh, we are excited to have Julia with us today. She's also a renowned sales and negotiation expert who works with clients around the world, equipping them with highly effective and very practical business skills and to achieve sustainably better outcomes. She applies some of the world's best practices, enabling multi-million dollar companies across industries to excel in their sales and negotiations. So all the way from Perth, Australia, Julia, thank you for being with us today. Hey, thanks, Aaron. And thanks, Nolan. I always love talking to people in the US. And I'll tell you why. It's because we are 12 hours in front. So we are the future. And I can tell you, you're all going to make it. You're all going to make it. Like, it, it's bright. It's amazing. You're all going to get through. So awesome. be at peace that it's all going to be all right. So Great. <laughs> well, thanks, Julia, for joining us today. Really appreciate it. To kind of kick these things off, we like to generally uh, ask, how did you get started in negotiations? What key developments did you have in your journey to becoming a negotiator? So I left my nice, uh, cushy uh, corporate job with my nice fat salary about uh, seven years ago. And I thought, I've got a good idea. Let's throw that in and start a business with nothing. Um, <laughs> luckily, plot twist, it actually worked out. So that's great. But I, um, my background is I'm a sales strategist. So I've worked with some of the biggest companies in the world in sales and sales leadership roles, leading large sales teams. But really, Nolan and Aram, um, I, had a, I had a passive interest in negotiating to begin with. And when I say passive, I read a book. And then I thought, that's a great book. I'll read another book. So I started to read a lot of negotiating books. And as lots of people uh, in my uh, circles know that I am very uh, resourceful and I'm very opportunistic. So I reached out pretty much to every author of every negotiation book that I read. And I said, hey, do you want to chat? 90% of them go, yeah, that'd be fun. And so <laughs> I ended up having Zoom calls with authors of some of the most famous negotiators uh, in the world who have written brilliant books. Uh, I've become friends with a lot of them. Then they've introduced me to other negotiators and said, oh, Julia, you should meet someone. So let me introduce you. So as a result, I've, uh, I've got myself a, a, a club or I'm in everyone else's club maybe. And <laughs> I continue to learn from these people. Some of them are my great friends now. And 
the passive interest has turned into what I would say at least three or four times a week. I am a junkie for this stuff. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I've turned into a, a negotiation junkie. Absolutely. And kind of just wanted to touch on that a little bit because a lot of times you kind of hear from a client who really isn't well-versed in negotiations, sometimes even leadership. They're like, oh, you either have it or you don't. So obviously you started with books. You're obviously a teacher of negotiations now. So what's some kind of key insight that you can give to someone who's just getting started that doesn't know if they can learn this stuff by books or by other professionals? Well, I guess the two things that we need to learn anything new, Nolan, is we need the skills, but we also need above all else a willingness. You know, you can't teach anyone something that they have no interest in learning. So, but negotiating, you know, you guys are also masters of the uh, the craft that this is a learnt skill. Some people, um, you know, are referred to as natural negotiators. And what I see when I, ref when I see people refer to people with natural negotiators, the skills that they are referring to is that they they connect well, they're likeable and friendly. And yes, that can be a, an innate characteristic, right. but for the most part, negotiating is a learnt skill. No different to, and I, you know, I use lots of analogies when I, when I teach and I use a tennis analogy. If you wanted to play Wimbledon, uh, a win Wimbledon, turning up to Wimbledon with a hockey stick and flippers and... <laughs> 2-2 two, two, would not only make you look ridiculous, but it's a terrible strategy, uh, but you will lose, right? Like you can't expect to turn up at Wimbledon and, and play Serena Williams and win if you've got a hockey stick and a pair of goggles on, right? So right. you need the right equipment. Not only do you need the right equipment, but you need the right skills. So you need good footwork, ability to serve, good hand grip, forehand, backhand, every element. Much is the same in negotiating. There, in, there are so many individual skills required for someone to be great at negotiating and much like playing tennis and winning Wimbledon, it takes epic amounts of practice. I, I used to use the analogy, Julia, coming up through the military, which was, you know, when we learn to fire a weapon, we learn to go from soup to nuts. And I know you've got family members who have served in the military too, and uh, probably part of the reason you, you agreed to join with us, but you don't just go out and start firing your weapon in conflict right away, you would start with just understanding how to do diamond washer drills, control your breathing, get your sight picture, and then you zero your weapon, and then you you qualify your weapon, and then you, right? It's all very incremental. And sometimes, at least in the military, we didn't treat negotiation that way. We just assumed everybody could go do it equally. And it wasn't until we started looking at it kind of the way you're describing as these skills that we really need to focus on uh, that we started to see some headway. Change. Yeah, this is a this is a deliberate and purposeful discipline. I have a phrase that I used that I use often. If if you wing it, you won't win it. Hmm. Making it up That's as good. you go is a terrible strategy. And, <laughs> and if you're planning to win a negotiation and you're just making it up as you go, this is the same as going, Oh yeah, I, I know how to use a tennis racket and hit a ball. I'll have a crack at Wimbledon. <laughs> I love it. It's funny. Terrible. It's funny you say that because our, our tagline is that we help people elevate their influence through purposeful negotiations because Aaron and I always talk like everyone's in a negotiation constantly, whether you know it or not. And so we're just trying to help you be purposeful in that negotiation. So, yeah, that's beautiful. Hey, Julia, before we move on, do you, can you off the top, like 
are there three books? I was just for our, our listeners. Are there, are there, uh, you know, what, what are the, your, what are your top books that someone should go oh, out to read? There are so many. I've got a whole, yeah, I know. I have a whole shelf full of them. Um, <laughs> all right. I, yeah, I'll give a shout out that probably the one that really got my interest was, um, you know, Chris Foss, never split the difference, like classic, yeah. right? Great one for beginners. If you've never read anything on the topic, this is a brilliant place to start. I love Josh Weiss's Real World, Real World Negotiations. What I love about that one, where is it? It's somewhere. I have, I have four shelves of negotiation books. Um, <laughs> but what I like about that one is it is really, it's a thick one, but it's palatable. So it gives case studies. Here's a scenario. Here are the techniques that they tried. Here's what worked. So it's really well written. One that completely overhauled and is probably the most insightful negotiation book that I've read is George Colrees's Hostage at the Table. Hmm. If you've not read this book, this serves you up a good hard look at yourself and essentially what you're holding yourself hostage to because it's the premise that, you know, I've kind of dumbed down to clean up your own backyard before you start, you know, asking someone else to clean up there. So yeah. That book is a good hard look at yourself and looking at what you're holding yourself hostage to before you can actually start to negotiate with others. It was completely unexpected. I was expecting much of the same of these are the techniques, these are, these are how you use them, but it was by far the most uh, insightful one I've read. And again, I've reached out to George and um, have become friends with him. So, but yeah, also a great book. And it, let me ask you, is that a place that you recommend? Is that is that where you start when you start training as kind of taking yourself on first to clean up your own backyard? Not so much, Aaron. No, I, yeah, short answer would be no. Okay. L let me ask you a different question then. What's the relationship between the sales process and negotiation? My, my understanding, you, you started off in sales, even you used to sell knives. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, was, that goes back a long ways. So where, you know, where's the overlap between sales and negotiation and when, and then where, where do those two things kind of diverge or, or do they? Yeah. So, so sales is more, um, transactional negotiating is more tactical and strategic. So we're looking at sales is more a transactional outcome, trading something and, you know, by definition, sales is simply, um, an exchange of goods or services for, for currency and negotiating definition is a discussion aimed at reaching agreement. So the, 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 the premise of negotiating is really about the details. How do we reach agreement on the thing that we might be selling? Are there skills that serve both well, or, or do you think of them as very, because you do training in kind of both, or, or do you really treat both as kind of distinguishable skill sets? Yeah, I, I view them very much a crossover. But interestingly, because I've worked in sales for such a long time, I have seen that even you know, great negotiators aren't able to sell. And I, you know, I'll, I'll give an example of just even how these skills are underappreciated by by modern modern business. Aaron and Nolan. So, a few years ago, before I landed on what I was doing now, I um, I was only doing negotiation. I started off and thinking, oh, here's a great idea. I'm going to do negotiation. No one in Australia is really doing this or nailing this space. I'm going to, I will nail this space. And so, people in Australia would say to me, wow. Negotiation, that's so interesting. But where would I use that? <laughs> <laughs> I 
And so after hearing that 500 times, I thought this is a terrible business model. So uh, <laughs> so we don't have the population and also, you know, all jokes aside, we don't have the severity of negotiators required in countries like America. So it's very misunderstood in Australia because my brain goes and people are saying, ooh, this sounds interesting, but where would I use this? My brain goes, well, only every day a thousand times. Right. <laughs> right. But it was there's such a disconnect because obviously, and you you know, you've heard all this before from other people you've interviewed, but you know, Hollywood does negotiating no favors. People assume right. negotiating only matters and we're talking about money or there's leverage. It, it literally, you know, you can call it whatever you like. You can call these communication skills. All we're trying to do is persuade and influence. Dress it up however you like, but it's the same thing. So I worked out after hearing that message, you know, 500 times when people say, where would I use this? And realising, hmm, no one's really booking me for my expertise here. So what I did decide to do is I came up with a process that's based on world's best practice in sales process and the FBI style negotiation skills in a repeatable system. And I get hired, I'm pretty much a one trick pony uh, and happy to be that way. So I get hired by businesses to implement a sales and negotiation process that helps them convert more contracts, increase their margins and win more negotiations. And when I started talking about that, people would say, oh, that sounds interesting. I think we need that. So I thought, yes, <laughs> good move. So yes, tip for new players, don't try and market something that people aren't going to buy. This is a terrible yeah. strategy. So, so often about framing, right? Yes, how exactly. We, how, we, how we frame it. <laughs> That's great. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing, Julia. My next kind of question here is, how do you train these businesses that you talk about in negotiations? Like what's the actual process that you take them through? Yeah, well, interesting um, when I'm talking to people like yourselves who are um, practitioners, practitioners in this space, it won't surprise you. But I do want, once I get engaged by a client, I do share them within my first session and I definitely wait until this time in the, the relationship. I say, just so you know, there's no magic. Well, darn. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, if I tell them that before they pay me, no one's paying me, right? They all think it's magic. They're all, yeah. they're all expecting magic. <laughs> And so I say very clearly, um, and I say when you can do this stuff well, it's almost underwhelming because this these are humble skills, skills that sound simple, but they're not easy. But there is no magic. There is no tricks. There is no manipulation. There's nothing cheesy. And if it feels that way, people are doing it wrong. So Yeah, I know that a, a question that we get sometimes is, well, you're not an expert in my industry. How would you be able to help me essentially either with the sales process or with negotiations? So in that kind of context, how do you, how would you answer that when, when the business is like, you didn't grow up in the gas and oil business. How can you help me possibly? Yeah, Nolan, um, tell me some more about why that's important to you. Well, that's a wonderful question, uh, Julia. Not my and first so, rodeo, um, Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... <laughs> For for the, I guess, so role-playing here. So it would be important for me to, for you to be in my industry so that you know what I need to say or do to be successful. Um, obviously, since you weren't in the oil and gas industry, then then how are you going to actually be able to help me? Well, let me, I'll go a little further, right? That there must, there must be a specific answer. And I'm looking for the, uh, you know, maybe whether it's a magic trick or tip. And I just want you to give me the, the, the trick I need to to go put in to play 
maybe versus a broader training of my my thinking or mindset sure um, that needs, needs to adapt so tell me Nolan, with your oil and gas business what sort of things are you negotiating well trying to negotiate with with different vendors you know i've got truckers that will take our crates um, or our barrels and they'll take them to the processing plant for me that's that's important for me for for the for me to be able to basically get the best deal because you know as the prices in oil fluctuate i can't run my business off fluctuating prices so i need to get basically the cheapest services possible from all of my vendors sure um and do you mind if i ask you know if you if you don't mind troubleshooting this because i know you have a you know a problem that needs solving here could you ask me uh, could you let me know nolan um Aside from uh, some concerns around my experience in oil and gas negotiations, what other concerns would you have about engaging my services? Really, it's just, you know, I want to capitalize on someone who has experience um, with oil and gas directly. Basically, I need you to help me be the next Exxon. So I'm dependent upon finding that expert that that is not only has tons of experience in my industry, but also brings the the skills that that you talk about. So, yeah, okay. So, aside from my experience in in oil and gas, no other concerns. Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, yeah, I think I think you're great on everything else. I just wish you also had thirty years of experience in oil and gas. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. So, um. The great news is, and this is why I asked you before about what is it that you're negotiating, and I'm glad you said that you are negotiating with essentially humans because what I teach, I have 25 years' experience of negotiating with humans, and the principles and techniques that I will teach you will far be better than uh, anyone else that will teach you because they will leverage heavily on the industry, and people don't negotiate with the industry, they negotiate with people. Uh, That's beautiful. That was beautiful. Where can I sign up? I'm ready to go. <laughs> but it's true, yeah, right? Fun. This stuff. Yeah. Hey, these are people skills. I, that's and that's what we try and express to our clients is you're, it. It is just people do business with people. At the end of the day, like there may be some nuances within your industry, but that is stuff that you should be able to apply, given the framework to deal with people. So, yeah, that was beautiful. Beautifully said. Great job. I've got a sale out of that. Yep, drop the mic. Yeah, so <laughs> so let, let, let's dig a little deeper, Julia. You know, you talked that you call these humble skills. You talked about these are skills to engage with with humans. So what what do you see to be the fundamentals of modern day negotiation skills? What what, what does that skill set consist of? Obviously, you just demonstrated some wonderful, you know, inquiry and listening. Uh, and so being able to ask good questions, what else would you add to kind of the list of, hey, these are the skills you need to be able to succeed? Okay, so um, Aaron, my answer that two different ways, I'll cover what I believe is the fundamental skills the necessary things would be, you know, the tennis equivalent would be the forehand, the backhand, the serve and the volleys, right? Yeah. So yeah. what do you need yeah. to play the game? And then I, I will um, I'll cover what do you need to be a ninja at this game. Wow. The fundamental skills to play would be open questions, listening, genuine curiosity, yeah. ego at the door, so no ego, hard. Again, sounds simple, not easy. Um, I think if someone just had those, they're off to a good start. Okay, that's good. Then the advanced side is 
you know, to, to recognise disagreement, right? So when Nolan, I know this is, you know, just, you know, all fun practice or just a practice session there, but when Nolan says, oh, you know, you haven't got oil and gas experience, my brain goes like, there's a disagreement. Now what we want to do when we get disagreement is we want to go, no, 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 Nolan, Nolan, I'm actually really great because, or <laughs> no, no, Nolan, that actually doesn't matter. Let me tell you why. So this is what I call the show up and throw up. Hmm is where I just launch into my solution all over you or I pitch my greatness all over you. This is the show up and throw up. No one wants to be vomited over. No matter how great <laughs> you are, do not throw up all over people. Do not do it. So, you know, I've trained myself, but I don't always get it right. I still get it wrong sometimes, but I catch myself and go, oh, that tanked or, oh, I should have, you know, but I'm recognising it, right? So, you know, to this example with Nolan now, Recognise, well, it's a disagreement. So when we're talking about wiring, um, we've got to wire ourselves to understand that where there's disagreement. So when yeah. I asked that example for Nolan where I said, hey, just let's troubleshoot if you don't mind because, you know, you've still got a problem that needs solving, which is also true. So whether Nolan works with me or not, he has a problem that, that remains unsolved. That's why he was talking to me, right? So I would suggest that um, my brain goes into, right, he's got some concerns here. There's a disagreement or an objection. So I would ask, hey, look, let's troubleshoot. Aside from your concerns about my oil and gas experience, what other reservations might you have about moving the conversation forward with me? And he'll either say one or two things. He'll say, he'll paraphrase what he said, or he'll say something completely different. You're really expensive. You're not in my region or something else. So then we get all the concerns out which is I'll try and let him empty his tank and then we can move to solutions. What I heard you saying with the ninja piece, then what really makes the difference is the way the ninja negotiator is able to recognize the disagreement and uses, whether it's an objection or a challenge uses that an understanding of that. Maybe he's open to learn from those things. Is that right? And, and on your website, you talked about, there was this, um, Quote about building immunity to no is is this the concept right where i'm i'm not discouraged by a no or an objection I, i'm learning from that is that am i in the right or am i or am i off track there no no aram i think you're spot on there and you know there's, there's a cracking ted talk by uh jia jiang it's called 100 days of rejection if you've not watched it do yourselves a favor it's really great and a, a part of that is, is is about building your resilience to no and people aren't rejecting you they're rejecting your offer. Okay. So I, much like the guy in that TED Talk, I actively find opportunities to build my resilience to know or to build my resilience to difficult conversations. So prior to, you know, a couple of examples. So I have, a, I have two kids. I have a six-year-old, a seven-year-old, and at, uh, one of them was playing footy on the weekends. There was a dad who turned up with a really offensive T-shirt and, you know, six-year-olds are just seven-year-olds starting to read, right? And this shirt was really offensive, had words that were easy for kids to sound out and really offensive. And I said to my husband, man, check out so-and-so's dad's shirt. That's out of line, isn't it? And then a few other parents were like, like, that's terrible. Like, they should not be wearing that around these kids. So I said to my husband, I'm going to go and say something. And my husband's dying. He's like, no, no. No, no, listen, do you not know me? I'm not going to go and, like, scream at this guy. But I'm like, this is an opportunity. Like, I know the dad. I know him, right? 
So, um, but yeah, my husband's dying. He's like, don't, 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 don't make a scene. I'm like, it's funny again. And I go, this is people's resistance to the difficult conversation. I said to my husband, no one's going to die here. But I kind of go, here's an opportunity for me to have a difficult conversation where no one will die and I can practice. Like, what's the the worst that happens to me? Nothing. (laughs) I can't even think of what the worst thing would be. So I went over to him and I respectfully said, hey, how's it going? Great day for sport. You know, kids are having a blast. That shirt, man. (laughs) And he goes, he looks down at it and he laughs. It's funny, isn't it? And I said, what his name was, said, you know what? I said, it's pretty offensive. I said... Dude, the kids can read. And I just let it simmer. And he stopped laughing now. Hmm. And he put and he said, Oh, he said, you know what? He said, Yeah, you're right. He said, Oh, I know he put his hoodie on. So hmm. no one died. I got the chance to to build have some difficult conversation. My husband survived as well, I will say, like he did not die of mortification, so he was fine. But this is about building our resilience to yeah. to these situations. Aaron Manolin is about being, you know, in that TED talk, he talks, Gia Jane talks about stay engaged. Ask why. Stay present. Because there's the three, the three stress responses, flight, fright, f- fight, flight, flight. <laughs> Fight, like, flight, or freeze. Yeah. So my, right. my stress response is freeze. So fight for me is going, no, no, you idiot. And no, 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 no. Like, so I would never do that. Right. I wouldn't run, but I freeze. Hmm. And for me, that looks like stopping in my tracks and I look like I want to talk, but I, nothing comes out. So that right. is my stress response. And my brain has all the words. My mouth just can't get it out. So I go, the more I can practice being in these situations, the better I am for myself, the better I can serve people around me, the better I can serve my clients. But this stuff can be learned as well. You know, you talked, we talked before about wiring for recognizing disagreement. So as I said, I've got a six-year-old and a seven-year-old. I shared this story on LinkedIn just the other day. My my six-year-old, uh, sorry, my seven-year-old, I'm doing his hair in the morning. He's got hair like me. It's just out of control. And so, um, so I'm doing his hair and he says, um, Mum, when dad takes us to school this morning, can he just drop us off instead of instead of coming in? I said, well, ask him. He said, well, he, he wants to come in and I just want him to drop me off so I can go in and play with my friends before school. And so I said, okay, let's, um, and this is before school. I said, well, let, let's practice. I, I'm dad. Try, say something to me. And so he says, um, he says, dad, um, Dad, when we get, and they call it here, kiss and drive. You can drive up, kiss your kid and drive off. Or once they, you know, you stop the car, you don't just throw them out. They call it kiss and drive. (laughs) (laughs) So he said, um, Dad, when we go to school this morning, can we do kiss and drive rather than you come in? And I put my best dad voice on and I say, no, Fraser, no, I want to take you into school because then I can wait with you until the bell rings. And he says, no, but, Dad, I want to do kiss and drive. And I said, Fraser, remember, stop, slow down. What's the technique we've talked about? Now, he's seven, right? He's properly thinking. And I said to him, did I just agree with you or disagree with you? And he's, you know, he's only little. He said, disagree. I said, right, so what do we say when someone disagrees? And he said, thinking, he says, Dad, could you please tell me why I can't do kiss and drive? And I was like, parenting win, 
parent. <laughs> that's beautiful. Win, right? Yeah, that's Congratulations right. skills for the win. So, and this is the thing, this stuff takes concentration. Like there aren't many grown-ups that can do that. Right. Because they're wired for right. defence. And you know what? My two kids, they speak English as a second language. They speak whinging and complaining as a first language. <laughs> so anytime I can try and get them away from that into having proper conversations, it's very satisfying and way more collaborative because now we talk about why well, I don't want to do Kiss and Drive because of this. But now right. he's got some information to work with rather than, oh, I want to do Kiss and Drive. So, <laughs> yeah. Beautiful examples. Thank you, Julia. I was waiting for Aaron to throw something in there about his six children, but I guess we're going to pass on this, Aaron. You have six children? <laughs> we have six kids. So I just, I resonate. I certainly How old are your can kids, appreciate Aaron? I don't know. I don't know if I'm as good a parent though, Julia, as you are to, to be able to have, I don't know if they're coached to, to that level yet. Um, how, old, but like, range, how old are your kids? Range from 14 down to four. Oh, so you're like a professional parent. I'm still like the <laughs> I'm still like the rookie parent trying to work out what the hell I'm doing. It, it, is there such a thing as a professional parent? I think we're all trying to wing it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But well, very intentional there. What I appreciated about both your stories is there's the rather than getting defensive and feeling like I just have to tell you, let me just tell you why you need to take that shirt off right now. Let me just tell you why we need to do kiss and drop. The there's the power of the question and the curiosity and the openness to creating an aha moment, certainly in the shirt thing, the aha moment for, for that other parent, you know, just, I think it's, that's beautiful. And I, those are things you can bring into the negotiation table too. Hey everyone, Nolan here. I have to end the conversation right here. So sorry, but join us next week as we continue our conversation with Julia. If you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Negotiate X podcast. So we can get this podcast in front of other leaders in our community. Thank you for listening to Negotiate X Radio, helping you elevate your influence through purposeful negotiations. If you're here looking to learn about how to become a better negotiator in both business and life, then you're in the right place. Be sure to join the others who have benefited from NegotiateX.com, your home for negotiations training and consulting online.